the champion turns yard around has a couple of uppercuts a beautiful right hand digs to the body uppercut and here we see the firefight we anticipated both fights both fighters with their heart on their sleeve body nice shot is the key the body Nice right hand, and now Yard is hurt. Archer better beat him. Puts him on the canvas. That's the punch that just missed about 30 seconds ago. For Anthony Yard to continue, how will he deal with the onslaught from the beast? Nope. And Tunde Ajay steps in, and Archer better be him. No, I'm not. No, I'm not Mohammed Ali. Mohammed Ali says like when he won, he says like I stop at round and I stop at round. I'm not. I'm very simple boxer. No, I'm not Mohammed Ali. There is only eight round. Um, I can show my performance. I think so. Like I'm just, I'm just starting. I think so. My coach, my coach can tell. Like if be honest, like I'm just like wake up, you know, in this these rounds. Yes, and welcome back to the number one podcast in the sport where BT Sport give you epic fights for free, it would seem, but they make you pay for the garbage. Oh, God. Just to set expectations, not going to talk about the whole card. I think people just want the the Yard Baturbi of Digest. And I think we can give it a couple of days till we talk about the full card because you've got to let everything shake out. You know, you know how boxing works, right? I speak today. Eddie Hearn will speak after me and he'll probably steal half of what I say and he'll run with it. And that's all okay. Because, you know, we, we all breathe the same oxygen, so that's cool. And then I'll come back with my with my take. So that, that's just how it works. On an unrelated matter, but equally important, man, I've got to say happy birthday to my podcast brother, one of the originators, um, one third of the greatest boxing podcasts that have ever existed in the history of everything. Um, so big happy 40th birthday to Andy White. I didn't even know, actually. Um, feel bad about that. <laughs> Call yourself a friend, Terry. <laughs> no, so happy birthday for him. I'm not actually going to tell him in person because he has to listen to this to know that I've said that. So massive happy birthday to him. Um, mad that we're friends, but what a great human being. Like, you know, fantastic man. Be a fantastic husband, be a fantastic father, man. Thoroughly good bloke. So I'm happy for him that he gets to enjoy another year on this earth. So big, big congratulations to him. And without further ado, sorry, ado. Let me get the, oh God, I'm not even with it yet. Let's start talking about the fight and just watch how quick my game face changes. So this, this has been really strange. I think the last seven days have been really strange. And one of the things I found strange right at the beginning was how late Baturbi have left it to come to the UK. Now, I'm going to go on record saying I don't believe he was unaffected by his late arrival in the UK because just the stresses, you know, different air, different food, different bed. All these things can take an edge off you. Um, 5, 10, 15 percent. Oh, who knows? But it takes an edge. And in pro boxing, that's all you need, actually, to go from being an overwhelming favorite to going life and death in a world title fight. And so that always worried me. And I always wondered why. Like, this doesn't feel like the best promoted world title fight. We've, we've had more effort. I've seen Queensbury put their back into it more. 
for showing the Telford Leisure Centre than they did for the Wembley Arena. And I have no idea why. Because you saw all the hula hooping, the dancing, the glitz, the glamour. Everyone was running around for Tyson versus Chisora, a fight that nobody wanted to see initially. And they managed to work it so that people wanted to see it. And all of that seemed to disappear. And I'm going to say that from a Queensbury perspective and a top rank perspective. So what's the point in having PR people? What's the point in having talking heads? What's the point in having mouthpieces? What's the point in having people who are supposed to market a fight if you don't market the fight? Yard versus Baturbiev should have been an 0-2 fight as a minimum. Why the Wembley Arena? It feels like a lack of ambition. It feels like people are trying to save money, which I get, but this is Anthony Yard. Like He's one of the Frank Warren crown jewels. If Frank hasn't got the courage to put him up in an arena like the O2, is he really promoting him? So, so I got to see some of it. I was at the public workout and I can tell you this, there were hardly any fans there. It was content creators. Content creators, you know, the normal camera grifters normally there. Um, we'll talk about that in another episode because, you know, I've got something to say about that too. But... They were all just grifting. There was nothing. It didn't feel like a big event. And I think if we look back on, back on the whole thing with hindsight, massive missed opportunity for Queensbury to, to put pressure on Boxer and to put pressure on Matchroom slash zone. Massive missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. You know, you have Artur Baturbiev, who, for my money, is one of the best light heavyweights of recent years. Um, I think... You could have had him right in that mix, in that kind of Ward, Kovalev, Chad Dawson type. I mean, he would have easily been competitive then. He would have given Ward a lot of trouble. Would he have beaten Ward at 175? It would have been ugly. But the upside of Ward is Ward can actually fight on the inside. Ward can control opponents. Ward has a broader skill set. So I think Ward is probably Baturbia's kryptonite because Ward is equally consistent. But Baturbiev could have hung in any era. You can go back to the John Conte era, Yaki Lopez, go further back to guys like Bob Foster, and, you know, Ezra Charles, Archie Moore in the 50s. Baturbiev could have hung with all of those guys, like Dick Tiger and so forth. He's, because his skill set isn't anything that requires modern technology or this, that, and the third, it's a very fundamentally sound skill set. Artur Baturbiev could hang in any era. I'm not saying he'd be the best. What I'm saying is he could hang in any era and he'd be equally respected in every era. It just so happens that as boxing has declined over the years in terms of the raw athletes and the, the skill set required to be a champion now, he shines even brighter. And that's no shame because you've got to remember, this is a man who's coming into a world title defense, having fought people like Tavares Cloud early in his career, by the way. Um, he's fought guys like Tavares Cloud. In no order, man. Joe Smith Jr., Alexander Govodchik. I can't remember if he fought Pascal or not. I'm going to assume he fought Pascal. Um, Marcus Brown, who was meant to be the, the next man up. He's fought everyone he's supposed to have fought. Callum Johnson. So from a British perspective, he has. And let me go on record of saying this. I might come back to this later. Anyone that thinks Callum Johnson's a subservient light heavyweight to Callum Smith is an idiot. That's what I'm going to say on the matter. He's an absolute idiot. I'm sure if you asked Joe in a moment of honesty, he'd tell you a prime Callum Johnson would do damage to a prime Callum Smith. That's what I'm going to say on that matter. That's my, that's my hypothesis. I'm sticking to it. 
Don't at me. So we come into Saturday and I'm not overly enthused. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit ropey on the Saturday. I'm like, oh God, you know, I shouldn't drink. You know, it's true. I shouldn't drink, man. I'm a, I'm a repeat offender at this. But I, I'd won two tickets to go. I don't even think they were ringside tickets. Had they been ringside, I would have gone. But it was just hoi polloi tickets. So I was just like, I'm not even going to go. You know, the better view was from TV anyway. And, you know, I got to, got to get myself a pizza with an unbelievable amount of toppings. And then we get to a fight. Now, I'm going to say this. And remember, I'm going to say this as a member of Team Yard. I've been signed up to Team Yard for... 12 years maybe even 13 now you know i mean i've signed up to this i mean i'm there till till the movement ends you know i'm system nine through and through but when you watch that fight without the emotion without the crowd noise watch it on mute that was what i call a hard routine defense for Artur baterbiev it was a fight he was always going to win and he had to work a little bit harder than maybe he expected to. He had to work that little bit harder than Yard's record would indicate. So that's where the surprise factor clearly came in. He was like, this guy hasn't really fought anybody. He's fought an over-the-hill Kovalev and he's fought Lyndon Arthur twice. And Baturbiev's like, who's Lyndon Arthur? And so you look at that record and Baturbiev's like, he's not on my level. I can... and and. And I know people act like boxers are super professional, but if you don't have that fear, that fear of losing, that fear of losing everything, that fear of having to start again, if you don't have that in you, it's very hard to give your best in training camp. You can go through it, you can hit your numbers, you can do that, but there isn't that, that, that mind, body and soul connection that says, whatever it takes, we're going to do this. And maybe that's what we saw on Saturday night. Maybe we saw a guy who was like, I'd have crushed that version of Kovalev and I don't even know who Lyndon Arthur is. The rest of these people, <laughs> whatever. And you're, you're perturbed if you're like, I don't even know if Yard's the best in his own country, never mind the best in the world. As so all of this comes together and as I'm watching the fight, I'm like, I'm hyped because obviously I'm Team Yard. But when I'm watching the fight afterwards, with a clearer head and less emotional involvement, I'm not so sure that it was that hard a night for Artur Baturbiev. So as boxing fans, let's just go back to the questions we were all wrestling with. So question one, and this will always be the question, how good is Anthony Yard? That will always be the question because he hasn't really done the domestic route apart from Lyndon Arthur, but Lyndon hasn't done the domestic route either. So it's very difficult for us to gauge. I think history will show that Yard probably should have had some of these domestic dust-ups with Spider, even a Shikan Pitters, definitely Dan Aziz, and if, if he ever fancies a Joshua Bartzi. All of this stuff should have happened. And then we'd have a better handle on it. So we still don't know how good Anthony Yard is. We know what he brings. And so the question was, can he bring that against the guy that doesn't let you box how you want to box? Will Anthony Yard be able to impose his style on Artur Baturbiev? Will he be able to take Baturbiev out of his natural rhythm? I always say the, the goal of every boxer 
is to make their opponent fight a fight that they haven't trained for. That's Baturbia's gift. He makes you fight a fight you haven't trained for. And the question was, could Yard do this? On the flip side, the Baturbia questions were, is he too old now? Has he got too many miles on the clock? Are those 200 plus amateur bouts going to catch up with him? Has he got the reflexes? Has he still got the hunger? You know, and we're all looking at this through that lens of the people he's still got to fight, like uh, Dimitri Bivol and maybe Canelo. Don't want to see him fight Kevin Smith, but we'll talk about that later. So all of this stuff is in our heads. Is he really as good as people make out? Because we don't get to see him up close and personal. We saw the Callum Johnson thing. But what's happened since then? You know, he's, he, he kind of fights off the grid. And for someone as good as him, I think he's been badly promoted. It's just my take on it. And I'm glad that British fans got to see him. And I'm glad that the British fans will be the ones who take Baturbiev over the top in terms of name brand recognition and just taking him away from those, those hardcore and semi-casual boxing circles. So let's just jump in and talk about the actual fight itself. We, we had seven and a bit rounds of, of compelling action. There's no question about that. But I think the first round told us a lot. And when you watch that first round, one thing we need to understand is boxing's really about structure and consistency. If you can hold your shape round after round, you're more likely to win than if you don't. And so you're watching the initial exchanges and, and Yard looked good, looked athletic. It wasn't the old Yard. Remember the old Yard who'd go looking for the ropes so he could counter with the right uppercut straight, right? This is a different Yard that we saw. This is definitely in the early part of that fight. It was that seek and destroy Yard who fought Lyndon Arthur for the second time. And as boxing fans, that's what we want to see from Anthony Yard. I don't think he's a, he's not a great counter puncher because he's not, he's not deeply schooled in the game of boxing. You know, he's not a guy who boxed from, from when he was a schoolboy. Because had he been so, then he'd be able to read situations. He's far better when he uses his gifts to seek and destroy. So the first round, you're looking at them and you'll see, it, think about this. Go back to how you looked at both of those guys and you thought they can't be the same weight class. That's what threw me initially. You're looking at Anthony Yard and Anthony Yard looks a lot bigger than Baturbiev. But Anthony Yard weighed in at 174 and a quarter pounds and I think Baturbiev weighed in 174 and a half pounds. But they were saying, actually, Team Baturbi have said Arta was on 177 on the Wednesday. Which is the height of professionalism as far as I'm concerned. Because if you've only got to shift two pounds on fight day, you can wake up, have a poo, and that's you done. So if he was on weight like that, credit where credit's due. You know I mean, clearly the preparation was on point. But you look at Yard and Yard just looked the bigger man. And so I'm, I'm like, well, where's all, where's all Baturbiev's mass? And I think what Baturbiev has is a boxing physique. He has mass where boxers need mass. And that's how you can tell he's been boxing for a long time. Because his body's just molded into what you need as a boxer, where I imagine there's a lot of muscular density in the midsection. I imagine his hips are incredibly strong and dense. And then if you look at his calves and ankles, there'd be quite a lot of density there too. Whereas I think you look at Yard and there's a lot of bulk and there's a lot of muscle in places that I don't think necessarily help a boxer. Wide lats don't necessarily help. Full pecs don't necessarily help. And maybe that's something that Yard can work on is how, how do you recomp and actually put more mass where it will get you more value? That's a question for, for him and his team to address. But just physically looking at them, 
completely different. Baturbiev, pretty rectangular. Yard, obviously, you know, limbs longer than the torso, unlike Baturbiev. And also quite quite thin in the arms, but long in the arms and wide in the collarbones. So he actually has an unbelievable reach. And you saw that in the first round. Yard was just using that speed and athleticism. But you couldn't read what he was trying to do. So I'm like, are you trying to take him out in three rounds? Or are you trying to build a lead on the scoreboard that you can coast on while you rest and then go again? I didn't really know what those tactics were. You knew what Baturbiev would do. Baturbiev would, at some point, get you to the ropes, get you in the corners, and just grind you down. That, he, he didn't need to do anything else. He was always going to do that. So the question was, could Yard get him out of there before Baturbiev figured Yard out? So the first round, I'm watching this first round, and I'm going to start, try and summarize it quicker than the actual round itself took. So you're watching the first round and Baturbiev's trying to jump in with the right hand, but clearly what Team Yard had worked on was a sweeping left hook. And that sweeping left hook had a lot of joy initially. And, and not Kovalev, but Baturbiev's struggling and Baturbiev's there and you can, see, you can see what's happening. He can't get a read on Anthony Yard. Like he can't get a read on the punch selection. He can't get a read on Yard's tempo because Yard doesn't have he doesn't have that conventional up and down tempo. You know, that kind of left, right, left, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right. He doesn't have that. It's a little bit off. And that's partly from sometimes where he throws his punches from, but sometimes just the shape of the punch. And Baturbiev was struggling to read that in the first round. So you watch the first round, and if you're a fan, you're buzzing because you're like, Yard's in this, right? Not he's winning necessarily, or he can win this, but he's saying Yard is in this, but you look at the end of the first round, Baturbiev looks okay. He's like, I'll figure it out. That's, that's what I saw in the first round. I'm like, okay. Yard's done well. Baturbiev looks unflustered. That kind of thing that says, I've been here before. I'll get him like I got everyone else. They said Marcus Brown would run rings around me. I got him. And this is not Marcus Brown today. So when you park all the emotion and the excitement out, you're like, okay, it's a pick and round. I can see why people had it for Baturbio. I can see why people had it for Yard. So that first round has set the tone. Can Baturbio figure out Yard quick enough? And then on the Yard side, because Yard doesn't necessarily have that standard structure and shape that you would teach traditionally. There's a lot of athleticism relied upon, a lot of reflexes, you know, a lot of improvisation. So my question was, can he sustain that for 12 rounds? Because that's where this fight's likely to go based on history. Can he sustain this for 12? And if he can, he might be the first person to be able to do that. One of the things I want to add, and this is, this is kind of where trainers and your team earn, their, earn their, their money. I like how Team Yard had prepared for Baturbiev by having the larger groin guard, and they pulled it as high as they could. There was a point in the fight where Steve Gray had to adjust it downwards to kind of make it fair. But initially, if you see how high he had the groin guard, it was like David Hay used to do. Just have a really high groin guard and just take some of the impact of those body shots out. If you can get away with it, fantastic. But I do like how Steve Gray was able to regulate that partway through the fight. So as you jump into round two, you're like, okay, Arthur, you've had enough time to, to see what this is about. And if you're Yard, you're like, I've had enough time to, to see and feel what this is about. 
I'm likely to be happier if I'm perturbed of going into that second round. So into that second round, first thing that impresses me is how Artur Baturbiev does not sacrifice his shape for anything. What you find is if you watch a lot of British boxers, you'll find that they, they, they'll sacrifice balance. So they'll just throw a big right hand, head goes over the knee or the foot, and they're off balance and they fall into their opponent, right? Baturbiev doesn't do that. If it's not on in the position that he's in, he won't go for it. He's happy to be patient like that. He will not sacrifice his shape for anything. There were a couple of times in the fight where, if you notice, he over-rotated on the right hand because Yard was pulling out away from the right hand towards his own left-hand side. And like the audience were getting happy because they thought you know that was Yard putting him over. But Baturbiev was just a bit reckless then. I think this is what I mean. Did he take Yard too lightly? And so you've got Baturbiev in the second round focus. Now you're seeing the perfect balance. Head is, head is halfway between his feet. Like it's a, it's a wonderful shape that he holds. Stance is a little bit wider than Yard's, which I found interesting because I'd have thought Yard would hold the wider stance. But into that second round, now Baturbiev's kind of warming into it. Still right hand happy, still catching that sweeping left hook from Yard. And Yard is still opportunistic, you know, still throwing a couple of cheeky, clever shots to keep the, the fans excited. And so as you're watching this fight and you're going, okay, cool. You know, Ant Anthony Yard is, he's throwing the right shots in the right places, but his timing's a little bit off on Baturbiev. So he's not quite getting the purchase that he would because he couldn't walk Baturbiev onto a shot like Yard mostly does in his career. He normally catches you coming in. And that's what gives his punches the impact that they do. So he doesn't necessarily have that, but he's making a lot of the right decisions. So you're looking at this going, this is a better version of Yard than we've seen before. But Baturbiev's also showing what makes him elite. He's just managing distance. I'm always surprised at how good he is at, at doing so much with a high guard. You know, a lot of us believe that the high guard can be a, a prison for, for boxers. But Baturbiev marries a high guard with unbelievably light feet. And what I mean by that is his feet are light enough to get in and out of range when he needs to, but not so light that he's floaty. So even off those positions, he can still hit with heavy hands. How he achieves that, I mean, that's just a skill in itself and that's years of practice and training. But if you're, if you're trying to learn what good footwork is, everything Baturbiev does with his feet is in the, is in the bucket of amazing footwork. He uses those feet to get himself just out of trouble and then back in, back in time to, to counter and to hurt. That's what a lot of people don't notice because they love all the flashy footwork. They love all this running around and stuff. Sometimes when your strategy is to suffocate your opponent, like Baturbiev's is, footwork is so important that you can't afford to make an error with your feet. And if you watch him, he very rarely makes errors with his footwork. So by the end of round two, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this pace is crazy. And it, it, it took me back to, do you remember when Joshua Usyk won? When Usyk started moving and you could see Usyk was trying to set a high pace and Joshua went with him. And we were all going, what the hell is Joshua doing? Like, it's a 12 round fight. You're not going to be able to do this for 12 rounds. I had those same feelings watching Yard. I don't know if you can do this for 12 rounds. I'm enjoying it, but I want you to be in a position to be able to carry this through round 10, 11, 12. And so end of round two, I'm like, okay, so where are we at now? And here's where we're at. Baturbiev's getting a better handle on everything. 
He's reading yards jab a little better. He's not throwing as many right hands. He's now starting to focus more on his own left hand. And in doing so, he's nullified a lot of the effect that left hook was having. So the next evolution has to be now, can I make him miss with that left hook and start working off that? And you start to see that happen in the third round. And the third round is kind of when Baturbiev kind of announced himself into the fight. And what really brought Baturbiev into the fight for me and what really started to show his class on top of the good defense and the good footwork is his jab started to have an effect. You start to see him jabbing with a little bit of forward momentum and enough forward momentum that it was snapping Yard's head back. And it was that wasn't Yard pulling back. He was snapping Yard's head back. And this is the point now where Yard's like, I don't know if this guy's going to get tired. Because, the, I mean, like when you see the effect of those jabs, it was insane. And so you, so you, here you've got Baturbiev now. Now he's, now he's putting everything in place. Like he started to put all these little, little bricks together to build the structure of his fight. The footwork's on point. His high guard works. And what's really interesting is you could pause it any time, right? And Baturbiev has two rules. If I'm out of range, my hands can be a little lower. As soon as I'm mid and short range, hands have to be up. At least one has to be protecting my face. And Yard wasn't doing that. If you notice, Yard will hold his hands somewhat below his chin. You know, because obviously he's relying on reflexes and speed. But I just liked how Baturbiev kept that discipline and that focus. And what that does is it keeps you thinking because you're like, God, there aren't many openings I can go for here. And so it forced Yard to take a few of these risks, go for some of those Hail Mary shots, and that left him open. And what we started to see in round three was Baturbiev reintroduced the right hand now that he had a better read of the Yard left hand. And so some of those right hands were coming over the top of Yard's jab. Some were coming over the top of that left hook. And you're, now you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> the Baturbiev train is starting to chug along now. This is, this is going to be hard. Baturbiev's working harder. Has Yard got another gear on top of what he's done now? And you start to suspect that he didn't have that gear. But let's not do Anthony Yard down. There's a lot of stuff he does well. So when he was landing, it was effective. When he was going to the body, he was effective. There were shots there that, you know, Baturbiev didn't want to take, but had to take. Because as much as Baturbiev was asserting some control over the situation, he was still dealing with someone who can do the unreadable, the unthinkable, the unexpected. He's still dealing with that kind of jack-in-the-box aspect to Yard. He hasn't got him fully under control yet. And that's really what Baturbiev wants. He wants, he wants Yard under full control because mid-ring, when Yard can be back and forth, too many variables for him. So you're starting to see in the third round, Baturbiev working that double jab, starting to position Anthony Yard where he wanted him. And there's this lovely thing that, that Baturbiev does if you watch further into the round and into the fight. He always tries to find the closest point between his opponent and the ropes just so he can get you to the ropes as quickly as possible. There's no wasted motion in what he does. And I think that's incredible. He'll try and just master you to the ropes or to the corner, knowing full well that that's where he's most comfortable. That's where he does, his, he, that's where he does the most damage. And so you're watching that and you, you, know, you're, you're, you can't help but be impressed by this. I'm getting to that point and I'm like, so at the end of the third round, this is a quarter into the fight. I'm like, I'm, at this point I'm saying, Baturbiev's going to stop him. And he's not going to stop him because Yard's not good. He's going to stop him because Yard is going to get tired and he's just going to get broken down. 
That's what was my big, my big worry was he was going to get broken down. And what you're looking for at that point is you're looking for this turning point. So, that, so if you imagine the, the, the kind of the storyline of this fight, Yard starts off first three rounds and you're like, Yard, wow, Yard's really in this. Like, wow, who would have thought this? Yard's showing that he belongs in the ring with Baturbiev and he did. There's no debating that. And I think what you start to see towards the end of that third round is that sentiment starting to drop and you're starting to see Baturbiev, mm, Baturbiev's doing a little bit more. He's, he's a bit smarter tactically. He's, he's winning these small exchanges. They're not spectacular, but these little one-twos that he's throwing, they point to something else that can come afterwards. And I was thinking at this point, don't get tired if you're out in the yard because Baturbiev's not even blowing at this point. He's frustrated because he hasn't seen this before. He's used to traditionally schooled boxers where he can get a better read. So what he's now trying to do, I think you start to see this in the second quarter of the fight. What he's now trying to do is now assert control in terms of territory, psychology, all of that. He's trying to assert control. If So if you go back and watch the fight, the beginning of round four is interesting. I think there's like a 15 second block. That's fascinating. Because it was the first time Yard came to the ring, came to the center of the ring and then retreated. Almost under not a lot of pressure, under the pressure, maybe a couple of feints. And then as he goes back to the ropes, it's the first time you see Baturbiev on the attack, shoots a jab in her right hand. The right hand doesn't land, but the intent was there. And now you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Now, now Anthony Yard's in a real fight. The third round slowed him down. Now in the fourth round, you, you get the impression that this is the pace Baturbiev's comfortable at. This is the pace that Arta Baturbiev can happily fight at round after round. And so, so from there, just in this 15-second block, you've got Baturbiev now turning the screw with the ramrod jabs. And you can see now this is, this is the master showing the student there are levels to this. All that stuff you did in the first quarter was cool, but now I've got a read of you. Now we're going to do it my way. And the challenge back to Yard was, can you make an adjustment now? And what you start to see at this point is that sweeping left hook isn't landing because Baturbi is able to pull back and counter over the top of that. Now it gets sinister because all, that's, all the things that Yard was relying on initially in the fight, they're not connecting now. The right uppercut's not connecting the same way. Baturbi is not there for the body work. Now it's a different fight. There's, a, there's an adjustment needed. Now your corner have got to tell you we're going to do something different now. I don't necessarily know if that was there, but it needed to be there. Those small adjustments that keep that kind of cat and mouse game going. And I, was, I found it hard to now discern, okay, where can Yard go from here? But what you're starting to see now is Baturbiev take control of how this fight's about to go. And yes, Yard's still having success and the fans are screaming and shouting when, when Yard lands and he connects because, you know, we're fans and we're going to back the Brit. And we're like, hey, yeah, go on, mate. But that fourth round was when, when control of the fight never went back to Anthony Yard. Now, now this is Baturbiev's fight and he's just going to slowly turn the screw. And the best example of that for me was when he started to go for the left hook body, left hook head. Because I call that like, that's a, that's a rhythm punches combination. You throw that when you think you've got a good read on your opponent. And he started to do that. And he started to throw other shots. Now, he, now he's targeting the body a bit more in round four. He's now starting to grind Anthony Yard down. This is like when you start to beat someone up. 
and like I said, Yard's still having success, but the gaps between his moments of success are growing. And he's having to take a lot to give a lot. And you can imagine being in the corner with Tunde and you're like, ah, this is hard, man. This is hard. And you are like, you, James Cook, I can't remember who the third man was. And you're looking to like, wow, <laughs> we need something. Like we, don't, we don't work all this time for, for this moment. We need something. And I don't think it was there in that corner at the time. And I'm almost thinking, well, what do you do at this point? What do you do? But Terbiev doesn't give you that space. And like I said earlier, what he's doing is he's suffocating you. And when he suffocates you, you're not fighting the fight you trained for. So how would I summarize where we were at the end of the fourth round? Here's how I summarize it. Arthur Baturbiev is poised, composed, and structured. He's doing what he wants to do. He's boxing. Anthony Yard, reactive. He's panicked. He's disheartened. He's thrown his biggest shots. They haven't worked. He's fighting at this point. He's showing you that he's a fighter at heart. Because all of his structured stuff, Baturbiev has kind of taken that all away. So if you look at, you know, round four, we're a third into the fight and Yard's looking for big shots to get him out of there. And I think this is the point where you understand that it's a question of when, not if Baturbiev wins. It's a reminder that elite level boxing is about who you fought. It's about solving extreme problems and extreme situations, which Baturbiev did. How many times have you seen Baturbiev put guys in the corner and they never leave that corner? Now look at the times that Anthony Yard in the first third of the fight had Baturbiev in the corner and Baturbiev found his way out comfortably, put Yard in that corner. He did it in the fourth round. He put Yard in the corner. Do you mean Yard, Yard jabs Baturbiev into the corner. Baturbiev welcomes him in, dips, booms an overhand right, spins out, puts Yard in the corner, lets the hands go. That's elite. That's elite. That's ring sense. That's ring presence. And that's understanding the psychological effect that that kind of move can have on a boxer. And as I said earlier, at this point, I'm just like, it's a question of when, not if. And one of the things we have to talk about now is this idea that Baturbiev doesn't have a defense. Go into that fourth round, see how many times he is able to slip, dip, roll, move his head around, and then throw shots off that. He, he can do it all when he needs to. You know, I just want to talk about this because I've, I've seen supposed boxing experts talk nonsense about Baturbiev. He's easy to hit. How many times did you see that yard jab miss? Baturbiev doesn't move his head. Really? The number of times in four rounds that Anthony Yard's jab missed, his right hand's missed, his left hook's missed. The head had to have gone somewhere. And this is what Baturbiev doesn't get credit for. Because people label him as this really crude puncher, they forget that you don't, you don't go to an Olympics. You don't have 200-odd bouts. You don't beat guys like Usyk. You don't drop guys like Usyk with body shots unless you got something about you. And so we need to appreciate that defensive side to, to Baturbiev because that's part of what makes him unique is that he does so much with seemingly so little. And that's a, that's a gift. Round five was interesting. Round five was when the screw got turned. And um, there's a sequence in there, I can't remember when it was in the round, and you just see Baturbiev throw a double jab right hand, and it's fast. It's the first time he's looked fast. Like, he may have been quick before, but we're like, uh, Yard's also quick. This is the first time he looked fast. 
And you could see in round five, you're like, okay, Anthony Yard has to make a stand here. He has to do something, put a dent in Baturbiev because the snowball is starting to grow. It's, it's rolling down that hill, gathering speed momentum, and you start to see it. Baturbiev's countering Yard's jab now with right hands over that. He's going to the body more. He's, 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 he, this is what you call breaking someone down. And throughout this round, you can see Yard's like, I don't know what to do in these situations. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to someone being this much better than me at so many things. And I don't know how to counter this. I don't know how to deal with this. On a side note, this is why I respect Dan Aziz going out to work with Baturbiev because sometimes you've got to be around someone who's better than you and just pick their brain and go, what are you doing? And you find, you know, you get hit with it in the ring, you talk about it afterwards, and it gives you an opportunity to learn and develop. If you're the best guy in your gym, it's very hard to develop when you're the best guy in your gym. And we've seen a lot of British boxers fall for that. So back to, let's get back to round five when Baturbiev turning the screw. I think if you get to the, go to the last 15 seconds of that round and see what happens when Yard puts Baturbiev in the corner, how many shots he gets hit with in return. I think Yard got hit with six, seven, eight shots. When he, when he was in a position of strength and Baturbiev flipped it and said, I'm just gonna let my hands go. I don't know if he had a sense of how long the round was, but that was in the corner. That was back in his corner. I think, was he red corner? I can't remember. But it was definitely his corner. They might, might have told him how long he had to go. And he just let his hands go. And that was the first time I said, oh, this guy's just beating up Anthony Yard. He's, that was the point. I was like, yeah, he's beating him up now. And at that point, you're like, the fight's done. This, the, Yard can't get better. And we know for a fact, Baturbiev's not going to fall off. So where's the win coming from here? Unless there's a freak injury or dis disqualification. Where on earth is the win coming from at this point? Now, I'm going to hold my hands up for transparency. I had money on Baturbiev to stop in round seven to nine. My instincts told me that's when the fight would end. So I was like, I mean, at this point now I'm getting nervous. I'm like, hmm, you know, I've got to get some money. I've got to pay for my takeaway somehow. So round six is the only lull for me when I was watching. It was the only lull in competition. Baturbiev was happy to just work off the double jab, move around the center of the ring, draw Anthony Yard into the ropes, move him back onto the ropes, put him in the corner and just kind of work him. And I think this was the veteran move, but Terbiev saying, uh, let me just have a quick rest. I know I've beaten the fight out of you. So you're not going anywhere. I'm going to have a quick rest and then I'm going to accelerate again. I'm going to really, really look to end this before you have to do more work than I have to. And you can see he's having that kind of coasting round and, Yard's having more success, but it's not lifting his morale because he's still not putting a dent in. It's just that he's not shipping as much punishment as he was before. And that round six was like a, eh, okay, okay, this is a bit of a lull. Round seven, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Round seven, Yard, Yard's like, that survived that. But Terby was like, watch what happens now. Literally, watch what happens now. And you start to watch classic Baturbi of work. You know, all coming off the jab, big right hands, shots to the body, because now you're going to feel them. You've been tenderized all this time. That groin guard ain't going to help you. Steve Gray dropping it has helped Baturbiev, But there's nothing that's preparing you for this. Now you're into that spiritual overdraft. How tough are you? 
How tough are you? Can you overcome what is happening in front of you right now and be successful? Can you really find a way out of this? Can you close your eyes and just launch an uppercut from hell? Or has Arta Baturbi have beaten that out of you? So, so round seven is the prelude to the end, isn't it? Let's be honest. If you go back and watch it, you'll see. Um, it's the first time I thought Anthony Yard was drowning. I can tell you the precise point. I was like, oh, this guy, I think he's done. It's about, about 1.50, two minutes into the round. And Yard rushes in on Baturbiev, who's in the corner. And Baturbiev manages to move to his left and hit Yard with a check hook, which used to be Yard's punch, actually. Like, Yard was brilliant with the check hook. Baturbiev hit him with a check hook. You just saw in Yard's face something that said, I'm drowning. I'm drowning and I need help. Now, I imagine his corner were like, yeah, he's drowning, man. This is too much. And you fast forward 20 seconds. He has Baturbiev in the corner again. Baturbiev gets out the corner. And as God is my judge, he hit him with 20 shots. Two, zero. You know how they used to do that on the video printer? He hit him with 20 shots. It was just right hook, right uppercut, left uppercut, left hook, right hook, straight, right, right uppercut. He's just peppering him. He beat, the, he beat the survival instinct out of Anthony Yard. Methodical. Like this is, and he still doesn't look tired doing this, right? But you get to that point in the fight and you're like, he beat him up literally for like 30 seconds unanswered. Unanswered. And those are Baturbiev shots. Those aren't, I don't even know, Joel McIntyre shots. Those are Arta Baturbiev shots. I, it was over at that point. It was, as a contest, now it's completely over. And if you're, if you're Yard's corner at this point, you're like, uh, I think he's just squeezed the last drop of juice out of that lemon. I think this is it now. We're not going to let Anthony take needless punishment. In terms of round eight, like the only valuable insight is just talk about the ending. Thought the ending was pretty brutal. Um, Yard goes to throw a right uppercut. Baturbiev chops down with the right hand, just hits him clean. Hits him clean. Yard's just opened up as a Hail Mary uppercut. Chin's exposed, gets hit, bang on the chin. And that's him cooked. And as he moves to his right-hand side, Baturbiev follows up, being the monster that he is. Hit him with another right hand, put him over. So when people say that Yard was looking for a way out, hell no. That, that shot that caught him, that initial right hand that caught him, well, whether it was an uppercut or an over, I can't remember, but that initial shot that caught him looked horrible because he was coming up into the shot. So that would have hurt. And then the corner, let, let him carry on. And as soon as you saw that Yard's legs went under him, it was only going to end one way, wasn't it? With Yard out on his back. And I think Tunde did the right thing by jumping up and saying, no, it's done. You know, keep the value in your guy. He did what he could, but Baturbiev didn't even have to go the 12. That's what we need to remember. He didn't have to go the 12. And I'm always going to praise Yard because you've got to remember, I don't think Yard's had 50 fights in his life. You know, when Baturbiev turned pro, Yard was still doing the Harringay Box Cup. 
So to be in the ring and to be competitive, and he was competitive. I don't think at any point I'd say he was winning, but he was competitive. And so to be in that position against a guy who, like I said, could have hung in any era. You could imagine him in there with Dwight Braxton, Dwight Muhammad Kawi, um, like I said, Yaki Lopez, uh, Matthew Saad Muhammad, Eddie Mustafa, uh, who else? All of those guys, you can imagine him in there with. Michael Spinks, um, even the Brits, Dennis Andrews. Um, how can I forget the legendary Clinton Woods? He could have been in there with everybody and he'd be competitive. And so for Yard to deliver that kind of performance, that's a massive pat on the back as far as I'm concerned. And it's a big tick in the box for Tunde Ajayi. Because the initial plan tactically was spot on. What they needed was a switch up. That's all that was missing was a switch up. But maybe the plan was to stop Baturbiev and they hadn't really thought beyond that. And that's also understandable because when someone's as complete as Baturbiev is, and I think I tweeted this, he's got a lot of Miguel Cotto to him where there are no bells and whistles, but the skill set is very narrow, but unbelievably deep. And that's what's really impressive. You know, we're, we're in an era now where people want to be Instagram trainers with those hundred hit combinations and all of that sort of stuff. And that's cool. And that works on the gram. But look at what Baturbiev did with very basic punches. Very basic punches. He has a very good defense. He has very good control of his body. He has very good punching. But he, he has very good everything. But he makes the right decisions at the right time. And he understands the psychology of a fight. He absorbed the yard aggression. Then he managed the yard aggression. And then he eliminated it. And then he imposed his aggression and he started to ramp that up until eventually Yard buckled. And anyone would have buckled. That's why I say Yard didn't quit. He was drowning in there. Round seven, he was drowning. And he needed saving from himself. I think that was the right thing to do. Because there are plenty more fights for Yard where he'll be competitive. Plenty. And so like I said, congratulations to everyone involved. James Cook, Tunde, Anthony Yard, the sparring partners, everyone. You know, but massive egg on the face to the people who are trying to tell me that Yard will stop Baturbiev. You know, I heard it and I heard other people saying it in the sport. A lot of people were fancying the upset. I don't know what I don't know what they had seen, but I stuck to my fundamentals and I just said I don't think I don't think you can just beat Baturbiev. Only Father Time will beat Arthur Baturbiev. He's an old school fighter in a modern era, and in that situation, he's hard to beat. Hard to damn well beat hard and if you saw him after the fight he didn't look distressed he didn't look shocked he didn't look surprised he just looked measured he sounded measured he had a few abrasions and he had a cut from a clash of heads but he didn't sustain a lot of damage and this is going to be the bit that's quite hard for people to to embrace he wasn't in trouble in that fight he wasn't taking heavy punishment in that fight it was a hard routine defense there are harder fights to come, like a fight against Bivol, for example. Maybe even a fight against Canelo, I don't know. But Yard, for who he is and what he is, acquitted himself unbelievably well. One thing I do want to talk about are the judges' scorecards, because I think if you watch round seven again, please watch round seven and how round seven ended, and you tell me that that was a 10-9 round to Anthony Yard. 
what ends up happening, I think, with these judges, like someone said they should be in a room somewhere else. And part of me thinks that's true. Maybe there should be one judge ringside and two judges away from ringside. And we just do the scorecards that way. Then let's see how close they are in terms of scoring. Because, like I said, I don't believe Baturbia was really in trouble in any of those rounds. If he lost them, he may have lost them on like a, a couple of seconds here and there. But Baturbia was in control, unflustered. And people go, yeah, but his corner said he was losing. I don't know what they have to say to get him motivated. That might have been it. But he wasn't losing that fight. He was never going to lose that fight. He wasn't. The shots weren't hard enough. They weren't taking enough out of him. So when I saw the judges scorecards, I was like, wow. Wow. Some of those, <laughs> some of them were terrible. You know, the only one I would have given Yard, if I'm being honest with you, would have been like round five comfortably, round one comfortably. Then there's a toss up for two and three. But if you know what you're looking for, then no, 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 no. We need to have a serious word about our judging because, yeah, that could have been a scandal if it had gone to 12. But luckily, you know, Beterbiev doesn't need judges. And then this brings us to the next question. Now, what does he do next? So I'll go on record as saying this. I don't believe he fights Callum Smith next because I don't think anyone cares. I don't think people care about Callum Smith. And if you do, you know absolutely nothing about boxing. Tony Bellew's job yesterday, orders issued from above from Eddie Hearn was simply this, get Callum Smith trending. That's why Bellew sent the clickbait. And I wasn't going to just let him get away with that, man. I had to jump on that and get my grift on and get my, my 450 likes and my additional 15 followers. I had to get my grift on on that one. But... Bellew's full of absolute garbage if he believes that Callum Smith's... Oh, Callum Smith stands a chance against Baturbiev. How old's Callum Smith now? He's got to be 34. 33, 34, right? That's the age he's got to be at because he's not that much younger than Liam Smith. So Callum Smith's old and he's been inactive for the last six, seven years. You know, it's low levels of activity. But let's, let's really break down Callum Smith's career. He's famous for beating a George Groves who had one arm and showed up in Saudi for a payday. That's who he beat. Since then, he's fought Canelo and lost. Lost handily, by the way. Lost handily. And if you remember, he was just getting shoved to the ropes and peppered. And Baturbiev's a bigger, harder punching, better version of Canelo. Big at the weight. So there's none of this Callum Smith's a big light heavyweight like Baturbiev isn't a big light heavyweight. And I don't mean big as in mass. Remember, the guy boxes as an amateur at 91. So he's got a big man's tendons and ligaments and that's all you need. But Callum Smith isn't at that level. Callum Smith, um, to me, Bivol, all of these kind of pendulum boxes, I'll call them pendulum because it's just one, two, one, two. All of those guys who have that regular tempo, Baturbiev will read them easy. They'll read them like, he'll read them like the Quran, easy. You know, God knows what would happen to Callum Smith's bicep if Baturbiev put a few right hooks on that. So stop with the Callum Smith talk because you just sound like matchroom rats. Everyone who says that, that's when I don't respect you. If your opinion is that Callum Smith, A, deserves to fight Baturbiev, 
I'm like, based on what? A one-armed George Groves, Hassan and Dam and Gcam who, who couldn't even win in the Olympics? Who? What's the win that, that justifies Callum Smith? Nicky Holston, whatever his name was, the kickboxer? I, I want to come back to this point. Callum Johnson would have beaten Callum Smith had they fought. I don't see why they can't fight now. Well, maybe because Callum's about 16 and a half stone. Callum Smith's not that good. Because if he was, they would have put him in harm's way earlier. He has to, think about this. As a light heavyweight, Callum Smith hasn't fought Boatsy, hasn't fought Aziz, hasn't fought Yard, hasn't fought Arthur, um, hasn't even fought Richards, hasn't fought Sterling, hasn't fought anybody. Not a single person, not a Pascal, not a Joe Smith Jr., not a Shawnee Monaghan, not a Sullivan Barrera. Nothing. There's nothing of note on that guy's record apart from a one-armed George Groves and an absolute hiding from Canelo. So please don't ever mention Callum Smith in that, oh, he's world level. Don't mention that because it's not true. Um, Dimitri Bivol's a harder fight, but here's the thing. Bivol steeped in that Soviet style. But Terbiev is steeped in that Soviet style. He already knows how to beat it. That's how we got to the Olympics. So you tell me what Bivol's doing different. Tell me what he's doing that's non-Soviet. Tell me what he's doing that is non-Soviet, that Baterbiev hasn't seen 200-odd times in his career. What is it? Oh, he beat Canelo, so he's going to beat Baterbiev. Once again, if that's how you think, I don't respect your opinion on anything because there's no logic behind it. So let me say this to be absolutely clear. Callum Smith and Dimitri Bivol are on completely different planets in terms of ability and experience. Dimitri Bivol and Arta Baterbiev are on common planets when it comes to ability and experience. But Baterbiev has seen everything Bivol will ever do. I'll maintain this. Kovalev did it better. At his best. Much better. Baterbiev can handle him. He will handle Bivol and he will push him back. He will push him back behind the jab, behind that high guard, with that subtle head movement. And when Bivol's on those ropes, we'll find out how tough he is. Just remember, when he fought Craig Richards, there was a 118-110 scorecard, I think, which was generally accepted to be miles off. And the other two were like 115, 113, 115, 114. So Bivol's just about better than Craig Richards. Craig's no Baterbiev. Craig's a hell of a fighter. But Craig hasn't got the work rate that will fill you with terror. He's got that sharp shooting. He's got heavy hands, but he hasn't got that savage work rate. So this idea that Bivol wins easy is stupid. I'm not saying Baterbiev wins easy. What I am saying is he's got three belts for a reason. He's hard to beat. He's faced all these styles. Joe Smith is a big puncher, handled. Marcus Brown, great mover, kind of Demetrius Andre type slashing fast, brutal shots, handled, even with a five-inch gash on his forehead, handled. Gavodchik, who was meant to be better than Bivol, if you remember, handled. So I'll come back to the question. What is it Baterbiev hasn't done for people to be doubting him? You can only say that he's going to get old. And if that's the case, then we're not talking about competitive fights, are we? We're talking about waiting out an old man. 
And that's not what elite athletes do. But we're going to hear it on Monday from Eddie Hearn. The WBC have mandated that the winner of this must fight Callum Smith. I told you that fight won't happen. There's no money in that. The fight that people want is Baturbia versus Bivol. And then I hope he retires after that. Or maybe goes to Cruiserweight for some fun. And just leaves Callum Smith on the shelf. Because how can Hearn have Callum Smith and Joshua Bartzi and those two haven't fought each other? That's the disrespect I don't understand. Now, you're on the BT broadcast and now Boatsy's talking about, yeah, yeah, I could fight Yard. But there wasn't this energy before. There wasn't this energy before. So you've been an Olympic bronze medalist for the last six and a half years. And now you want to fight Anthony Yard. You've never called out Dan Aziz. You've never called out Lyndon Arthur. Uh, and then you come behind this nonsense, I don't call people out. I do my business in the ring. Shut up. If ever, and I don't know if it's a failure of promotion. I don't know if there's something they're not telling us about Joshua Bartzi. I have no idea. What I can say with absolute certainty is from the way he won that Olympic bronze medal to us looking at him as like a second tier British light heavyweight, that wasn't expected. And he always has his constituency among South London boxing people. And I've never understood it because none of them have trained him. They don't eat off his check, but they're hanging out the back of him. Like, oh my God. Yeah, he's this, he's that. Based on what? Hearn could make him fight Bivol now. Hearn could make him fight Smith now. Why, why don't these fights happen? It's almost like Hearn's like, look, I'm just going to line you up for some paydays. I know you guys ain't good enough to win, but I'm going to line you up for some paydays. You can buy a house and that's it. That's not what boxing fans want. So if we go another year and Joshua Bartzi hasn't got stuck into a domestic dust-up, we need to turn the power off on him too. Because of all the British lot right now, the guys you tip your hat off to are Dan Aziz and Craig Richards because they never say no to a fight. They don't go missing. They don't duck anyone. They don't duck anything. So back to the Baturbiev yard thing. I want to see Baturbiev just fight Bivol. Let's get that done. I want to be proved right about Baturbiev. And then Yard can fight whoever the hell he wants in this country. Let him fight. Let him fight Dan Aziz. On what I saw yesterday, I think Dan can beat him. But Dan, you got to come see me, man. We've got we to break bread, Dan. We've got to break bread properly. You know what I mean? Because I've seen, you know, you know, I watch everything. And I also think it's a good fight for Anthony Yard to fight Craig Richards. You know, the Boatsy fight, less interested in because he hasn't given the fans what they need. Craig has, think about this, Craig's fought for a world title before Joshua Boatsy. <laughs> that says it all. But look, I've realized I've waffled on about one fight for too long. Next time, just watch, next time you've got time, watch the fight without the sound and just see how calm, composed, relaxed Artur Baturbiev is. Sometimes boxing's a really easy sport. Easy to coach, easy to master. You just need good fundamentals and good decision-making and you can go to the top of the world. A little bit of power and a bit of pop in your hands helps, but you need those. And Arthur Baturbiev is proof above all else that you don't need flashy gimmicks or anything like that. Just good, solid fundamentals, good people around you who help you make good decisions. <laughs> 